Hi, my name's Johnny Crist. We're here with a wonderful show uh, guest today. Uh, the name of the show is That's Exciting. You probably already figured that out because you're with us. Boy, I have interviewed uh, Chanel Mosley. Mosley or Mosley? It's Mosley. Mosley. I've yes. interviewed uh, Chanel on stage several times, but uh, I don't think I ever really heard your story. So okay. uh, this is a tearjerker to me to mm. uh, to know what you've walked through and, and where you are today. Um, want to talk about the death of your husband. Want to talk about what it's like to have four kids that you're raising alone. But well, excuse me, seven children. Seven and all in the house. Um, one's my grandson, but six of my children. Yes. Wait a minute. Let's start this whole thing over. You have six children of your own plus a grandson. Yes, I do. And you're raising all of them. Yes, I am. May I say, with all dignity, you don't look old enough to have a <laughs> grandson, but I'm grateful yes, that you I do. do. So when I was interviewing you on the platform, apparently I wasn't listening to know that you have six biological children uh, that are your own. Okay, let's start uh, very back from the beginning. Are you an Atlanta girl? Well, I'll say since college, I have been an Atlanta girl. Um, I graduated from Auburn. And uh -oh. I moved here. This is over. You're an Auburn graduate. War Eagle. Come on. War Eagle. <laughs> okay, so where did you have a large family here when you were growing up? I have um, three siblings, siblings oh, and um, just normal. Yeah, just normal. We're a couple years apart, so we all grew up together. Good home. Mom and dad, and home teachers, average life. You know, um, just no, knew I was going to go to college. No, no trauma other, in your family. No trauma at all. You know, just a regular. Family thinking I lived in a house with a little picket white fence around it, you know. Wow. Yeah. Where? What town? Um, I grew up in Birmingham. So you're not a uh, Grady, no, Grady baby. Not a Grady baby, but I know more about Atlanta than I do Birmingham because I've spent most of my life after college here. Okay. So white picket fence house in Birmingham, <laughs> everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, you get called to Auburn to do what? I get called to Auburn to... Um, Become the richest woman with the briefcase and the high heels, making yeah. all the money. Yeah, doing what? Um, finance was my major. Ooh. Yes. Did that become a reality? It did come a reality for the first couple of years um, after I got married. I, well, my husband asked me to stay at home with our children. I looked at him like he was crazy. But, you know, being in love and, you know, just want to make my marriage work, I was willing to do whatever we needed to do to make it work. So. Why did you want to make a lot of money? What was it? Because was that's it just your... the American dream. You know, um, my parents were first generation college students. Um, they talked about independence, being able to take care of yourself. So for me, I didn't go to college to find a husband. I, I went to college to be able to take care of myself and live, you know, the American dream. So that was really a big part of your life. It's a big part of my I'm life. I'm going to be a rich woman. I'm going to be a rich woman. And so <laughs> along the way, you did graduate from Auburn and then become a financier of some sort. Yes, I did. Made some money. Yes, I did. And then this guy walked into your life. This guy walked in my life when I was 19 years old. We met at Auburn. We dated for over eight years. Um, so you didn't go to find him, but you got found. <laughs> I got found. And that's the truth. He did find me. I didn't look after for him. but What was yeah. it about you that he said, hubba, hubba, ding, ding, you make my heart sing? I think um, initially... Um, I met him a year ago, um, and I did not like him. 
and he followed up um, through a mutual friend, asked about me. I didn't remember who he was until I saw him, and I said, oh, you're the one. So pretty much um, just a very um, outgoing, um, arrogant type of uh, <laughs> previous football player for Auburn. I didn't know him while he was playing, but he hadn't he'd stopped playing after we met. And um, he pursued me um, because I think I was probably a challenge for him, meaning that. Um, yeah, because you were rich. Yeah, I was going to be rich. And he had you know a future. What? He thought he was better than I was, though, because he felt like the life that I was looking for was not really the top-notch life that he was used to because he went to a private school. So he was used to hanging out with kids that had BMWs driving to school and went to Vail and Colorado for their vacations. Mm-hmm. And I'm just some little country girl from Alabama that pretty much wants a normal life, you know, a maxima, you know, at the with time. With a lot of money. With a lot of money, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it all worked out, though. So this was Dexter Mosley. This, this was Dexter Mosley, yes, Mosley. it was. And Dexter was an athlete. Yes, he was. He played for Auburn as what position? He played for Auburn. He was a linebacker. Um, he played for a year. He was just, you know, All-American all in high school, um, kicking field goals, doing all kind of positions. Always played up at a small private school in Gaston. Mm -hmm. And he pursued to go to Auburn. He did play for a year, but decided that he wanted to focus more on his lesson. And so he decided to not... On his lesson? I mean, as far as his his studies. He felt like it was just too much of a commitment um, being, you know, on a Division I football team. And he chose to just dedicate more of his time to studying because it was a very difficult struggle. He was used to making all A's like he did in high school. What was his major? His major was started out civil engineering. He ended up in applied mathematics. To do what? I don't know exactly what he was going to do. You know, you know what he wanted to do? He wanted to make all the money too. Man, you guys are fit for each (laughs) other. We're going to be the richest couple in in Georgia. You know, that's what we, I don't know why we, think striving for money is going to be the main goal for us, you know, but I think it's kind of innate when you come from a um, family that kind of stress, you know, being able to get education and, you know, money is the goal to be able to take care of yourself, but we learn different. Were his parents uh, college grads as well? No, they were not. Um, His dad was in the service, but they had a um, distant relationship, Um, but his mother did raise him. Um, She did attend some college, but didn't complete. So you had a a wonderful childhood. When I, you look back, oh, you yeah. say, I love my mom, love my dad. Oh, I love my mom and I love my dad. And I talk to your them. sibs are oh, yeah. all just... Definitely. How wonderful. Very supportive. You, you know? know how rare that is, don't you? Praise that, God. Yeah, that, that you people know, can does, actually say that. Yes. Would Dexter have said that as well about oh, his family? Oh, definitely. He would say he's... He, I'd say Dexter loved hard. If mm. you know what I mean when I say yeah. love hard. Intense. I mean, if you belong to him, you belong to him. And he recognized you everywhere you went with him. Okay, but he was arrogant. Oh, he was very arrogant. Okay, so somewhere along the line, <laughs> <laughs> Chanel found fell for Mr. Arrogant. Yes. Why? He was a challenge for me. Um, oh. I was used to, um, you know, just somewhat passive uh, males that pursued me all the time but he was a challenge because he stretched me he stretched me wide he stretched me all over the place to become more than I even thought about being um he would always come up with these entrepreneurial um yeah so you dated for six years yes um no I say eight years we were about we were 27 when we got married wow both of you the same age yes okay 
Why'd you get married? We got married because of just a journey of dating, um, going through some hardships, and I was about to go the other way. He asked me to marry him. I said, well, "Wait, you were about to yes. cut and switch bait yes. or, and cut bait? Yes. And, really? Yes. All those relationship problems when you're single and you're you're living long distance away from one another. Um, I think it determines, you know, what do you really want to let? Are you really ready to let go? And he did not want to let go, so he drove all the way from Atlanta to Mobile, where I was living." And asked me to marry him. And I said, I do in the middle of just turmoil because I knew I did love him. But I was not going to just, you know, follow him. I had to pursue what I needed to do as far as to take care of myself. So did you have a good marriage? Oh, we had a wonderful marriage. So you um, knew it was right. I knew it no was right. No second guessing after no you second made guessing. this big trip and no your heart guessing. melted and it's all over the ground. Down my there. knight in shining armor that <clears throat> swept me off my feet. Yeah. Okay. And you started producing, downloading children pretty quickly. <laughs> I won't say pretty quickly. I think after four years of trying to get rich, I decided, I think we might need to have some children here. So um, we had our first child, Dominique, when I was almost about 31, 32 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, we realized we were very, I was very fertile, so I didn't have a problem with having children. Um Along so did you have them yeah. every two years or so? I had about boom, every boom, two boom. years. And then all of a sudden, um, we had this break in our, um, I guess, procreating kids because <laughs> we were in building. We were building um, spec houses. Mm -hmm. We went into business with my brother-in-law. And um, it was during that time where the market crashed in 2007 because um, we had gotten in in 1999. Dexter previously before that did um, retail restaurants and he was just always hitting the ceiling after district manager he was hitting the ceiling every time mm -hmm. so he decided he wanted to go into business with my brother-in-law is he a big guy um who my dexter oh he's i would say he's a very big guy very solid yeah how he, tall was he um he was about 510 highest i guess the most weight he was about 240 solid naturally muscular fast um average i would say but very strong mentally and physically mm-hmm Six babies. Six children, yes. Living ha living the dream, living yes. happily ever after. Yes. And he gets sick. Yes. Tell me about that. Um, it started in 2007, actually, when I was pregnant with my first son. Um, he was to be born in 2008. Um, he was at a meeting. Oh, so it didn't happen after the six children. It happened with the first child. That it happened with the first boy. Oh, that was 2007, December 2007. He had what they thought was a TI, but it was not. Um, he needed an emergency pacemaker. Um, he did get an emergency pacemaker in um, that December 2007. How many children do you have? Just one. I have three girls at this time. Oh, I see. Okay. I three girls at this time. So this sickness comes mm -hmm. three in. Yes. So it's not debilitating. No, it's not debilitating. I mean, it's just, you know, pacemakers, people get them all the time. I was so told. So you weren't concerned about it? I wasn't concerned about it because he did eventually. Um, I was concerned about it initially, but we got past the, because he had to have a replacement pacemaker. One didn't have, the first one didn't have a, what they call a defibrillator in it. So like in, I think it was January of 2009, we had it replaced because we figured out this one wasn't working because he was still giving out a breath and having, you know, difficulty um, breathing when he was... So your, your knight in shining armor, yes. who was an athlete, mm -hmm. who was an Auburn linebacker, mm -hmm. 
now is showing signs of humanity. Yes. How did you deal with that? I was dealing with that by pressing on and never quitting and just doing some things my parents always taught me, and that was to persevere, you know, um, to fight and to support. And like I said, we were going to make our marriage work regardless of what was going on. Um, Dexter was a dreamer. He was a visionary man, and he did not act like a sickly man. Mm. He was not giving up, and he was a godly man that prayed for his family. That, what do you mean give up? Did, was oh, there some prognosis that said this is bigger than just a pacemaker? Throughout the whole journey from when that started, he wanted to make sure that he was always there for his children because his father wasn't there for him. So giving up was never an option for him. He would tell me that when when he when he— did um, become unconscious. All he could think about was praying through the whole time. And when he remembered, what do you mean unconscious? When he fell out at the meeting, when he was talking and had to have the emergency pacemaker, he said he remembered oh, praying, just praying over and over, calling on the name of Jesus. And he woke up in the room, and they told him what was happening. And you know, this was the yeah. first sign of first any sign. sickness he's ever right. had in his life. That was the first sign. Was it a congenital heart issue? They said it was. Um, his, it was a rhythmic. Um, his beat, heartbeat was off, so they needed something to kind of okay. time it to make sure it was going to be on a timely basis, and that was the first time. And then they, like I said, put the defibrillator in the second. It was defibrillator was in the second pacemaker that he had. Um, As a young so, mother of three, yes, did that take you off your stride? It did shake my world. It shook my world, but I will say that because we were focus. We had a prayer life. We had a support group because we'd always homeschooled. We were um, in the church and active in the church. Dexter was a deacon in our church. So I think we were prepared for inner strength that God only gives when you're going through turmoil. Not that we didn't have those days where we felt kind of down or just was questioning things, but it was just an uh, ongoing thing where we were not going to give up because we knew God had plans for us, you know. Did and you ever think this was bigger than just a pacemaker? Never did we think it was bigger than a pacemaker because for the next mm, to that, for the next seven years, <laughs> we had another son. We had mm-hmm. two more sons, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. um, through that. And Usually with a pacemaker, they have to replace the battery. That was the only mm-hmm. indication that um, caused us to go back and figure out what might be going on after those seven years had passed. So you had six children. Yes. And all along, he's dealing with his own personal medical, kind of like, I'm trying to figure this out. What, right. What is really wrong with me? Yeah. But then it got worse. Yeah, right. What happened? So it was... Um, March of 2014, I had my last child, and Dexter was at the hospital with me, um, and he had been complaining about, you know, I'm, I'm coming, I'm walking up our stairs, and I'm giving out a breath. It doesn't make any sense. Why, why is this happening? It doesn't, just doesn't pan out. So I thought, oh, you, you just got your battery replaced, so you're trying to, your body's getting adjusted to the new battery mm-hmm. in the pacemaker because mm-hmm. it was the same year he had that replaced. And so it kind of continued, and his legs start, his ankles and things start swelling. So when that happened, when you're in the hospital, or yes, when I'm in the hospital, he's his legs are starting to swell even more because he's still complaining about it after you know the pacemaker, um, the battery placement, and so he goes out and he finds the doctor, um, a doctor that was referred to us um, to get checked out, and so the doctor tells him, you know, um, 
I'm going to work you up for some things because just in case um, you need a heart. Um, you need want, a heart. Yes. I'm going to I'm going to get you set up with a specialist. I mean, I just had a baby. OK. And my child was uh, diagnosed with Williams syndrome. Number six. Number six was diagnosed with Williams syndrome. What so does that mean? That is when the seventh chromosome is missing in the um, makeup, his DNA. So is this a Downs baby? No, it's not. It's a opposite spectrum of the Down syndrome or autism. It's a child that loves people unconditionally. I must have this. Wakes up with a song in his heart and a smile on his face every morning. Williams syndrome. Williams syndrome. Never heard of it, but thank yes. you. I know. So my child has to have what they call a um, balloon procedure, and that is to open up the pulmonary um, arteries to see if they will stretch out because it causes pressure on the heart. And this is having this at three months. He was about three months old. So we were going through that, and Dexter was proceeding to go through with what the doctor was talking about. And I heard him, now that I think about it, I heard him, I heard what he said, but I didn't really hear what he said. But he did say, if you need a heart. Yes. That's... Dr. Gandhi said, "If you, I'm going to work you up just in case if you need a heart, because I've seen people in this position, so I want to make sure we get set up for anything that's to come. And when I say Dexter was his last... That's life-changing. Yeah, it's life-changing. Um, but when you don't know what you're about to walk into, you don't understand the full spectrum of what's about to happen. So I'm, um, he's going to these appointments, and he does go see the specialist, Dr. Markham, at St. Joseph. And Dr. Markham has does all the uh, work up for him. And he tells Dexter, you know, you're, you're, you're in heart failure. How old is Dexter? Um, Dexter is, oh my goodness. What was this? This is 2014. Take away the seven. He's about 40. Um, he has 43 years old. Um, 43, 44 years old. He is. And, um, does heart failure run in the family? Is like... No, not that we know of. Dexter would not get a genetic test done because he'd just been picked on so much. And he was like, you know, I do not want to go through all this. This is not, you know, we just kind of had this faith of, you know, we changed our diets. We hadn't had these problems. We're going to get through this. So. And the doc says you're having heart failure. You're in heart failure. Yes. And that's a drop your mic moment. Yes. You were there? No. Yes, I was there. I was there when we decided to have the procedure that they were having. They had a right heart cath done on him. And he came back into the room and he said, Miss um, Mosley, I must be honest with you. If your husband doesn't get a heart, doesn't get a heart, he's not going to make it. And I'm looking at him. I'm not crying. I'm not doing anything. I'm listening to him intensely because I hear exactly what he says. And I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about what we need to do. Okay. And I, um, I leave there just hearing the same thing over and over again, that he has to have a heart. He has a heart. And I'm thinking a heart, a real heart, you know, a real heart. An open heart yes. transplant. Mm -hmm. Yes. Your world has stopped. My world has stopped. My world has stopped because we are in the midst of a lot of different things that are going on in our lives. And Six children. Yes. How'd Dexter respond? He kind of responded like, why me? Why me? I wonder, why me? You know? What was next? 
What was next? Um, um, it's We learned all of these things about what it does to prepare to um, get a heart. First, we share with our family and our friends and our support group of what's going on because everybody's been concerned about Dexter. And I had people praying for us because we were going to have this procedure. And we come out this information saying, you know, you've got to raise $5,000 to have this investment and to be even put on the list. And that's not a guarantee that you're going to get the heart because it's a waiting list. And we soon find out to be... At the top of the list, you have to have a very, very, very serious issue going on with you. So as we're going... There is to, no other way. There's no Dexter other way. Dexter Mosley needs a heart. heart transplant. Yes. How long was he scheduled to live without it? Were you they did counting not, days? They or? did not say exactly how what it is, but what happened, ended up happening, he had to have a, um internal... Um, kind of bag purse that was connected um, to his heart keep it, yeah. um, to keep his heart yeah. um, dripping so it would strengthen the heart a little bit so it could beat. Um, eventually, they did tell us that there was another procedure called an LVAD, um, left ventricle heart thing that makes your heart pump. But we said, oh, we don't want that. We just want to go straight and get the heart. That's what we're going to do. But to get on the list is a big deal. Yes, to get on the list was a big deal. But we did get on the list eventually. Um through the help of our um, church, Dunwoody Baptist, um, helped us get the money for getting on the list. Um, we had our homeschool group. They did fundraisers for us. Um, this was in 2014, 15? Going into 2015. 15. And even going into 2015, we had another surprise. Um, Dexter's heart was not getting any stronger with the melanoma that was going into his heart, and we had an appointment and. We had all of his vitals checked, and um, after his vitals, his vital signs were going south. Everything was dropping. They called in the emergency um, ambulance. He was in the hospital. We were in the, we had the doctor's office, and they called the emergency ambulance in to just take him right across the street to St. Joseph. Um, we were told after that incident and during that time he was going to have to have the LVAD put in. So it was located right under his, like, close to his stomach, under that area where it's like a little box that pretty much just helped pump his heart until, you know, that we get till, until we could get a call that he was going to get a heart. So that was in, like, 2015, um, like what, February, what, March How long was it going to take to get a heart? That's still the waiting. Still the waiting. Still the waiting. So I, will, wait. I will say that when things like that happen, it does move you up some on the waiting list because they understand that, you know, it can be a, a long process so you can have an LVAD till end, mm -hmm. but most people are hoping to have that transfer from the LVAD to the heart transplant. Did you get there? <sighs> We were getting there, but we were, you know, when you're having a heart transplant, it's like life stops in a sense. When I say life stops, it means like you don't go anywhere. You don't go out of town because you're still waiting for that call day after day after day after day after day. Was he scared? Yes, he was scared. Yes, he was scared. But being the man that Dexter was, he didn't vocally always say that I'm scared. You know, he just, we were just praying. We were pressed on, but you could see the look in his eye. Thinking if I get a heart, will I survive the surgery? Mm. You know, Dexter took care of his body at a young age, somewhat being athletic, um, which is a plus for you when you're going under surgery and in this type of surgery. Um, so there wasn't any um, doubt that they wanted to 
assist and get him a heart um, because he did take care. He had the support group. He had all the things that he needed to get the heart. They can't always tell you for sure that it's going to work until the heart is in and you go through that process. Did you get there? We got there. It was um, July the 27th of 2016. He got a phone call while he was driving. And oh, he's still active. Oh, he's still active. He's he's coaching my boys, and he's taking the girls to swim practice, and he's doing all these oh, so things. so he's not, he's not oh, just no. sitting at he's home. Ne- so he's, he's never laid in the bed. I told you he was a fighter. Wow. He was so a, he July 16th, 2016, he gets a call while he's driving. Yes, he does. He gets we have a, a hands-free law in Georgia. Was he not obeying, obeying that law? I'm sorry, it was July 27th, but he was <laughs> obeying that law. You know what he had to do, though? He had to pull over because it started raining, and it wasn't the rain coming from the sky. Oh, my goodness. It was the rain coming from his eyes because he said they were. he, was, he could not. He, he just, you know, and the doctor said that he had a heart for him, and he asked him, would he like to receive that particular heart? And... Um, he couldn't do anything but boohoo and cry. And I remember him calling me that day. He told me to get ready because we needed to go straight to the hospital. They wanted to immediately come in. Unbelievable. And so we prepared. So from the time he got the call till he was on the surgery table is hours. Yes. Oh. That's a life changer. Oh, my goodness. You know, I I, don't, I just remember it being, we went in that afternoon. It was like to the next morning, and the doctor even told us that, you know, it was a good heart, he thought, and that it was going to be fine. But what took so long was all the scar tissue. They said it wasn't even putting the heart in that was the issue. It was the scar tissue from all the other oh. apparatuses that had been in, inside for so long, from the LVAD and things like that. So he got a new heart. He got a new heart. He got a brand new heart. A couple of days later, he's up. Not a couple of days over because they keep you sedated for a, a good period of time to make sure everything's working right. Um, you know, he's connected to all these different type of uh, medicines and things. Um, what were you thinking? I was not thinking a lot. I think I was talking more because for me, talking is a way for me to release stress and to get my, my, my mind off of problems, but it's to share with people and it's to minister to people. Because I realize when you're going through something, for me, it's been the best therapy to help other people, to reach out to other people but and to talk to them. But you've got six children. I've got six children. All under, it seems like Oh, 15, about 15, yes. 15 to zero. Yes. And now a husband with a brand new heart. Yes. He comes home. Mm-hmm. Things go well. Yes. Are we feeling like God has just given us something brand new in life? We're good to go? Dexter would say, God has given me a second chance. He's given me a second chance. He's given me a second chance where he's able to even have a dream Mm -hmm. and picture. He said he pictured the person that gave it to him. And I was like, I don't get it, but if you say so, I believe it. He never found out who gave it. No, he never found out. So you move along for how many months or years? We move on for a good, that's 2016, uh, July of 2016. We move on and we're still active with our kids, doing all the sports. And he's still supporting me with the homeschooling, our support group, my family. They're all pitching in, doing whatever it is that we have to do. And he's feeling better each day. And, and the doctors in the office and nurses are saying, you're a miracle. You're a miracle. Mm. You know, um, just constantly telling me he's a miracle because he's up and walking and being old who Dexter is. He's a jokester. He's always, um, you know, edifying other people and just pouring into their life constantly. And 
He's but, walking around with a new heart. But something went wrong. You know, Dexter was never one to sit down. And he was constantly looking at different businesses, trying to do things, trying to get back into the game of things. He said, you know what? I probably, I'm probably going to have to go get a job, you know? And I'm like, okay, do what you need to do. So he initially, when we first got out of school, he worked with Waffle House. And he did um, eventually go back to Waffle House um, just with some relationships we had at Murphy Candler. Um, he was able to get back with Waffle House and get a job um, that would sustain us, you know, um, having six kids, you know, you need a decent salary coming in. More than decent. Yes. <laughs> so he does eventually get back with them um, because he has the experience um, of management, um, multiple restaurants, and that was he was going to get on the fast track and he was going to get us back somewhat on our feet to get started. To But you got some bad news about the heart. <laughs> it was 2000, January 2018. He started back working lots of hours. Um, so... Eventually, you know, working all those hours, I don't know if that's what did it or not, but he started to feel like he was getting tired again and the water was starting to come up on his body and his feet, they were starting to swell again. So we went into the doctor's office and they told us that he had an infection. Mm -hmm. So they said, you know, no problem. We'll, you'll come in for a couple of days, be admitted and, you know, we'll get the water off and, you know, we'll, you should be okay. So we did that in May of 2018. So he had two years of this heart functioning rather yes, well. Yes, it was doing it was doing great. I mean, we have pictures of him climbing um, a rock wall mm. at um, Camp Highland, doing a summer camp with the kids, a but family in, camp we went in to. In yeah. 2018, medical problems started to stir again. Yes. And this time, and this time, we get out of the first, we get away from the first um, infection. So we get, go back to work a little bit more. I think it was June, July. 2018. Thing, 2018, the same thing starts to happen. More fluid. We, we get another infection. Yeah. Okay. Working to get that infection off. We get that infection off, and we're about to go back to work again. And it's starting to close in. This time it's August again. And so we find out that it's a double strand of an infection very difficult to explain, but it was just more um, infection. And then a little bit later on, closer to September, we realized that he's back in heart failure again, that the heart is rejecting, the body's rejecting the heart. After two years? After two years. After two years of rejection, um, we're still in that fighting mode because we're used to getting water off and going back and forth in the hospital. I mean, it's kind of our routine of what we're used to doing. Um, I mean, it was not a scare. Um, and I asked myself, why wasn't I asking more questions like I used to do all the time? You know, why weren't I? I was the caregiver. Why weren't I asking the questions? But Did this start to tumble down fast then? <laughs> it was starting to tumble down pretty fast. Um, but we didn't think it would come to what it did. Um, we just kept fighting. We kept doing, we, we started doing what they call treatments at the um, cancer center at St. Joseph, um, pretty much taking doses of medicines to try to see if they would cut the infection and help the heart not reject but at some from the point, body. Yeah. It just it, the first, work. the first um, doses of treatment, they didn't work. So we went back into the hospital, and this is going back up to, I think this is going back into like November, whatever it is. And so Dexter says, you know, after 
I get at the hospital, we're thinking that I'm going to tra- start, start back doing the um, treatment for the rejection. And so we still are having this water issue and, and the fluids are building up because the heart is in um, rejection mode. So that's putting you back into heart failure again. So this is a long haul. I mean, you know, um, we never stopped doing our family things because we decided once we got that heart that we were going to live life regardless. So he wasn't in the hospital. No. He would just... He was in and out of the hospital. Out, yes, he was in and out of the hospital to the to the football field, to the mm. swim meet. Did a doc at some point say there's nothing more I can do? They never said there was nothing more they could do. How did the end come? It was um, January of... He went more, one more time in December. He got out of the hospital New Year's um, Eve. And we got to a point where in January he was... We went to my daughter's swim meet, and we were going to one of the swim meets. On the way to the swim meet in Rome, Georgia, he collapsed out in the parking lot after driving an hour up there, which I tried to get him not to drive, but he wanted to drive to see his daughter's first college swim meet. And so he fell out, but the paramedics came. They checked him out. As far as I said, they said he was okay. He said he was going to make it. He was fine. He said, I'm just a little bit um, dehydrated because I didn't want to drink too much water so I could make it and have the energy to get where I need to go. So when we got back from the swim meet that weekend, we automatically have another appointment to see the um, doctor. Mm -hmm. And he gets admitted to the hospital. That's Monday. So we're there Monday and Tuesday, and he just says, Chanel, you know, I feel like I should be getting better, but my body just, I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like I'm getting better. I'm like, well, Dexter, don't worry about it. You know, we're going to be okay. We sing a song and a hymnal on the bed, and I can see tears rolling from his eyes. And for some night, that night, right before things changed my li- in my life, my daughter, all my kids were there. My children got dropped off from swim meet. My daughter in college was on the phone. We're just talking and doing everything. And I told Dexter, I said, well, Dexter, don't worry about walking us to the elevator because we can't spend the night that night. And he says, he looks at me like, I'm going to walk you to the elevator. And we do like we normally do every time. He says, "Um, we'll see you later. We never say goodbye. We always say, we'll see you later. And my daughter said, they called him the night, same night just checking on him because he was in a little bit more pain because the water was still, you know, um, on his body. And um, I got a call that Wednesday morning to say that I need to rush to the hospital to um, see him. But when I got there, he had gone to be with the Lord. He had gone to be with the Lord. And... um, it's interesting because when I got to the hospital, they didn't take me to the room until I got to a room. They told me to sit there, and I kind of felt like um, something was going on. Because oh, you I didn't know that he had died. They hadn't told me yet. They just told me to come to the room until somebody, one of the doctors, came to you know and take a, me there. And, and a chaplain. Yeah. Yes. So you walked in and saw your husband's lifeless body. I saw him your laying there. world changed. Yeah. Six children. Now you're doing a funeral. Mm-hmm. Did he ever say, honey, I'm dying? No. Never? No. He would always say, I want to do whatever I can do now because I don't know if I get a chance to do it. I don't know when I may get a chance to do it, so mm-hmm. I want to do it now. I want to be in the moment now. There are so many things I want to ask you. Wow. Um, so you're a widow. Yeah. Have been now for two years, two years. and 
eight months almost, I guess. I'm counting somewhat, but rounded off about that amount of time, yes. And you're making it. Making it. Through the grace of God, he is showing me so much more than I ever thought I would have to vision, but making it only with the Lord's help. And family. And family and support group and church and all of what the body of Christ does when you're going through. I think people probably want to know how you and I ever got connected here in this <laughs> incredible story. This is more than a story of life and oh, death. We it, got, is, oh. uh, it was God well, setting us up. Yeah, well, the interesting thing is that we met at the Capitol, yes, the, US, or mm-hmm. the uh, Georgia State House Capitol, because we have a bill that we tried to get passed for years, and it's called the Tim Tebow Bill. Mm-hmm. And the Tebow Bill is, in essence, for homeschool families to be able to take advantage of public school sports. Right. Tim Tebow was a homeschooler in Florida, and because of his uh, prowess in football, he got on the local football team, and Correct. they matriculated into the local high school football. And so Georgia was trying to get a bill passed that yes. said homeschoolers, and we couldn't get it pa- It would not pass until Chanel Mosley showed up. <laughs> And we said, let's change the name of this mm-hmm. to the Dexter Mosley bill because Tim Tebow is not a Georgia. <laughs> no. And Dexter Mosley is a Georgia athlete. And as a result of your strong work, Georgia now passed a bill. Yes. Called the Dexter Mosley Act. Act. Yes, it is. Where any homeschooler can now participate in extracurricular activities. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. You have been through a war. Yes. And through a war, I, you know, I, I just say life is a journey. And with Karen's help, I was able to get to the Capitol. I'm thinking I'm going to just say thank you. Hmm. We end up down there all session long. And But when I hung up the phone for her, when she first told me that we we're going to go down to the Capitol, I said, Lord, what are you up to? Mm-hmm. And I realized now that he was up to more than just a bill being passed. He was up to me and your meeting for a bigger purpose. And here we are. Yes. Your story has no doubt inspired thousands. Chanel Mosley, thank you for giving your time today. If somebody would want to hear more from Chanel, call us or connect with us here at endresults.com, End Results Radio Network. We'd be glad. Would you talk to people if they would Sure, say, I would yeah, love I'm... to share. God has given me a story to tell. I know, right? And I have to tell people that, you know, we're you up against any odds. Everybody's up against the odds, but we need to learn how to overcome and move forward. And that's where my life is right now. The journey of challenges and victories that I've been through is only to set me up for victory, which I already have, but I'm willing and waiting to encourage anyone that I can Since to know how were... we moved on. Yeah. Since you were a college girl, you wanted to make a lot of money. I think you're the richest woman I know. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you, Johnny. This is incredible, and that's exciting. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, too.